Hello, and welcome to the Yellow Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette marhofer Duggar, and today I'm joined again by Ben Valdez and Cole Duggar. This is our 2.0 conversation as a follow-up to the rock climbing competition, and we have some surprises in store for you today about what exactly transpired that day. So let's get to it. So glad to have you with us. This is, well, I guess this is our 2.0, guys, to the last time we had our dialogue together, and glad you guys are both here. Ben, I'll start with you. How are you doing today? I'm uh, doing good. I, man, I'm so uh, grateful and blessed to be a part of this experience, and I really can't wait to share um, kind of what, I guess, went down on the competition day and kind of moving forward, kind of what my strategy is and what I'm kind of touting for. Uh, myself and my clients. So I'm excited to dive in. Ben, let's take a deep dive into your day of uh, your rock climbing competition. Okay, well, context, I woke up that morning and I felt absolutely awful. The night before, Juliet, you had been praying for me and Cole, you've been really vouching for me and we were all super, super excited. Um, that evening, I had been doing some light training in my gym and I have been doing some movements that were supposed to help to open up my hips. And it was a relatively new movement that I've been experimenting with in doing so. What I didn't realize is that it was really moving. What it was doing, it was, it was moving my lower leg bone, the tibia and my upper leg bone, the fibia kind of against each other in a it's, it's supposed to be a natural movement. Our tibia and fibia, they kind of turn, they twist on each other rather than just kind of hinging over each other. They're supposed to do that naturally. Uh, that's how uh, it was designed. But mine is a little bit resistant to that just because of, you know, imbalances. And so when I went through that range of motion, it ended up kind of setting off a lot of inflammation and a ton of pain. And from what I can best assume, it really set something out of whack. So when I woke up the next morning, my knee was just on fire. I could barely put any weight on this. And bear in mind, this is literally uh, two hours before the competition. I'm kind of freaking out. <laughs> I really didn't know what to do. My knee was just completely inflamed. It hurt just to bear weight on it. I couldn't, I, I could not believe what I was experiencing. Like all of this time, the weight cut, that I had uh, kind of implemented um, all of the rigorous climbing training. It just, all of that was kind of flashing before my eyes as I'm like walking into the kitchen and I'm just like, oh my gosh, my knee is killing me. And this is the same knee that has been calling, causing me problems for years. Um, and, um, you know, through my own journey, you know, I've, you know, tried my best to create as much resiliency as possible in that area, just through strength and mobilization. Dude, today was just one of those days. It, man, I think mentally what was going on in my mind at that point was I kind of realized that I had, I immediately kind of took responsibility for that. And I recognized that my actions had a direct negative consequence um, to like the capability of my own body genuinely when I kind of when I experience that kind of pain it puts me in a position mentally where I hold back and it puts me in a position where I am trying to be safe 
um, rather than confident. By all physiological accounts, that seems pretty reasonable, right? If we are injured, we don't want to put ourselves at risk. But that being said, that moment for me was certainly an experience of kind of defeat and resignation in my mind. And I fully wanted to accept that I wasn't going to move forward. There was no cards on the table. There was no table. There's no chairs. Yeah. It's over. Um, mm. And so when you guys came over to my house, you know, that for me was honestly kind of a moment of shame and a moment of just regret. Even in that moment, though, I knew that I knew that I had to do something. Yeah. I didn't know what it was, but I know I knew that I needed to keep moving. And through um, your and uh, Cole's encouragement, which I'm really, really so grateful for, um, I decided to go to the competition just to kind of um, at least be present to see what my peers were doing. And um, that's when we went out. So hurt knee and all. So I, I drove. Cole was in the passenger seat. My knee was killing me, and uh, we made it all the way downtown San Antonio to um, the gym. Honestly, from that point, I was just kind of there, kind of disassociating from the moment, really just defeated. And everyone's like, hey, you're like, getting on the wall. What's going on, bro? How you doing? Here's your sheet. Are you getting on the wall? What's going on, bro? Are you getting on the wall? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not getting on the wall. Um, mm. And as soon as I explained the situation to all of them, they were all in agreement that, oh yeah, it's, it's done. Yeah. This is not, you don't, you don't need to push yourself anymore. You've obviously overdue. Yeah. And as I'm sitting there watching all of my peers um, climbing the walls, I think that's really, that alone inspired me to do something in that moment. And so I went to one of the stretching platforms and I got what's uh, like about a four inch block. I stood on my right leg. This is, I don't know if you heard this part, Julia, but I stood on a four inch block. I, I don't even think it was four inches. It was probably like two or three inches. Um, yeah. So a very, very small uh, block. Um, and I stood on my right leg, one with the knee pain, all by myself. I'm holding onto this pole, like as much as I can, just trying to bear my weight. And... Um, I started to like kind of uh, break a small hinge in my right knee by placing my left foot on the ground. And I'm mm -hmm. doing that back and forth, trying to fire up my hips, um, trying to see if I can try and maybe like move the pressure off of my knee in a different way. Every time I'm doing it, it's like, oh my gosh, it was just like pulling so many tears out of my face. I'm like dying in agony. And then all of a sudden, I go for another basically like mini leg break. And I felt like my kneecap like snap into place. Like I'm assuming it was like almost like it was not there. It Whoa. was so crazy. And so I was like, all right, hold on. First off, that hurt. Second off, <laughs> let me check something out. So I get two more blocks and I start trying to inch my way into a deeper knee bend and sure enough I'm like yo I can like almost fully knee bend with bearing my body weight mm. and so at that point I was like okay 
let me see if, if I can do a bodyweight squat holding onto the pole. Boom. I knock out a few of those. I'm like, all right, okay. My knee's kind of in pain, but I'll work through it. Do it again. It gets a little bit better. Do it again. It gets even better. So I'm like, okay, let me do some bodyweight squats. Boom. Do those. No problem. And I did some other mobilization techniques and dude, it was literally a miracle that my knee was working. If I squatted, like if I folded my leg completely, like my knee did hurt still. Yeah. But I had like whatever, what was causing the initial inflammation, whatever was like out of alignment, I, I had put it back into place. And I, I just, I can't imagine what I would have done if like I didn't do anything and mm-hmm. like what my mental state would have been later that day, like still in pain and probably still, yeah. with, you know, whatever was going on in my leg. I decided like, you know what, I'm just going to jump in on the wall. I'm going to see what happens. Um, I got my roster. They had the route set up. You know, we go into what's called a heat, right? Um, and that heat is the time frame in which me and my peers are allowed to climb in. And so it's that time frame from, let, we'll say 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And so we're halfway through our heat. It's about a two hour heat. We're an hour in. And so I start climbing and just start checking off my boxes, checking off my boxes, doing the best that I can. Mm. And by the end of the competition, I was having such a blast. And I found myself moving my mindset away from the pain and just moving into that, just locking into that system of, okay, like, what's the next step? What's my next move? You know, I was trying to progress. I was trying to overload. I was trying to, you know, complete my routes. And um, unfortunately, by the end, close to the uh, end of my heat, I did have to stop because my knee was not feeling great again. Mm. But I actually tried. And that was, that meant more to me than anything. And I'll tell you why, because so many times throughout my climbing career and through my lifting career, I've been uh, met with defeat in many, many areas of my body. Um, And because of that, uh, my mind completely held on to that and um, accepted that and I probably, there's been plenty of times when I've been in a really good routine, uh, climbing wise or weightlifting wise, and I'll stop for one, two, three, four months, um, just because I've had an injury, um, because I had a setback in my training goals, um, or I didn't meet my goals even. Um, and I would feel defeated by that. Um, but this moment really sticks out to me in the fact that even in the defeat, And even in the fact that I didn't get to compete at a level that I wanted to, I still was moving forward with intention and with, with movement. I mean, Mm. movement is lubrication for our body. And I can't tell you how challenging that is for me to accept, even as a trainer. But that day, I think that concept really, really uh, was reinforced um, into my mind. um, Like it, like I've never really understood before. Um, Yeah. And so moving forward, even just in the way I navigate my life, I've begun to recognize just the critical importance of that idea of that intention um, that we always have to have regressions and progressions of how we move through our life, right? Hopefully, you know, we're moving through our lives with intention, right? Through our spiritual journeys and mental and physical journeys, 
And as we uh, go through seasons of fruitfulness and we go through seasons of struggle, we need to be able to adapt to those situations so that we're still continuing to move. It may not mean that we're progressing, progressing, but it definitely doesn't mean that we're regressing, right? Mm, that's really good. If yeah. I have an overload at work, right? That doesn't mean I'm going to continue to train five days a week for two, maybe three hours, right? That means I'm probably going to train four times a week and I'll do 30 minute workouts, right? Um, it doesn't have to look the same every single time. And as I'm going through a transition of a different season through my life now, my training looks something more what I would like it to look like so that I can progress. But I'm already preparing for seasons where I know I'm going to encounter um, limited availability to grow and how I'm going to approach that. And that's okay. Yeah, that's so good, Ben. This is fascinating. And something that you just said a few moments ago is that movement is lubrication for our body. And I also believe that is the case and how it supports our mental hygiene as well. And I want to pull Cole in to this part of the conversation of being there with you at the rock climbing competition and at the gym. Uh, Cole, you're, through your observation, can you give us some perspective on what you witnessed that day and what you felt and what your experience was independently observing Ben and being there to support him as a brother and as one of your closest friends? You know, I think one of the main things was, you know, we were feeling everything out a lot, you know, with when it comes to injuries, I mean, especially like knee, knee stuff like that. I mean, it's really, you have to be really, really careful. You know, Ben was, you know, observing like a lot of, a lot of, a lot, double checking on everything. And we were constantly talking back and forth the entire time as he was stretching out, like, how does, how does this feel? How does that feel? You know, it's like, feels better. feels pretty good. I think I can do it. And so, you know, moving forward and everything he still went like insanely hard and he did a lot like he did do like a lot that day like so much different stuff but even then i mean he could have like you know tried to keep going because guys will try to like keep going out of like you know kind of like a prideful foolishness when it comes to athletic and sports yeah and i think with his knowledge and his background of everything that he knows and him going into this being like i gave my all I did what I mm. needed to do, and I know that I can step away knowing that I did everything I could. That's something to be really, really proud of. It takes a lot of strength to do something like that with like an injury, but it takes even more strength to know when to step away and to say, okay, I've done everything I can. It's time. We're going to have to call it quits. And so we did that, and there was a lot of peace with that. You know, of course, there was obviously some like disappointment within that, but there was, because, you know, we had been preparing so much. I mean, he been preparing more than anything but you know we had talked so much about plans and everything and shooting for that day and you know the fact that he went the fact that he tried because we could have skipped out on the whole thing and just have said no forget it yeah but he went for it he did it and you know it was really awesome and not to mention even through that the video that we made was really really awesome and really cool still even then, which I was impressed with. And I was like, wow, I can't believe we got, were able to use this video and it was actually good and decent, you know? And so that was something that I was actually pretty impressed with and like, you know, was happy with, you know? And, uh, you know, I think had he not had the knowledge that he does about his body and his limitations, I don't think he would have been able to do what he did that day, nor would I think he'd be able to recover as he did all throughout the day. I mean, all around, it was just very peaceful day, you know? So, yeah. 
Thank you, Cole. Man, that's so good. And you said so much that has sparked more curiosity <laughs> in me about that day because I so wanted to just be like a fly on the wall watching, watching both of you. And I remember that moment then of when Cole and I were standing there and we showed up at your house. I was bringing him to meet you so that you guys could head out and you were like, bro, I'm not like, it's not happening. And I was like, what? And just that I could see as, as we were standing there connecting and we were all looking at each other's faces. I just was like, these are his, like, these are his people. And rock climbing isn't just something that he does. It's a significant part of who you are. And so what I know about you is how you tend to your mental hygiene. And I, I feel strongly that that supports what Cole is saying in being with you and observing you and taking all of it in with you, seeing how you were able to respond, even though you were experiencing physical limitations, your mental capacity and your mental resiliency that you have built up and how you've made those investments that kicked in, you know, being there and us being your people, you being our person and the three of us standing there face to face, you know, I think it's beautiful and it speaks to how important having a community is having your people around you and being able to say, okay, you may be experiencing some physical limitations, but you can, you can go and be a part of that. And I just, I, it's incredible to me to, to step into this moment with you and Cole and think about being in that gym and being in that process and you sitting there and this, this is what stands out to me. Well, there's a lot, but I'm going to pick this for now <laughs> is that you making the decision not to just say, Hey bro, let's go. Like put me on the wall. You're going to get on the wall. You're going to get on the wall. You're going to get on the wall. And you were like, I feel like everything around you you shut out all the voices and you were able to dial into your body, what you know to do, not only as a trainer, but as an athlete and as someone who practices what you teach, practices what you utilize in the tools and the modalities that we talked about in our last podcast episode together, that you were able to pull those out, go get the blocks and you made the decision to go do some of the movements that may to someone else have seemed slow or like, what is he doing? But you knew what you needed to do mm -hmm. and you did it. And that allowed you to advance yourself onto the wall instead of continuing to sit in the chair and on the sidelines. And that, that to me is the most significant piece of this truly is you dialing in mentally so that you could say, we're not just going to bypass this. We're going to step into the process right now. We need some progress in this moment. I want to get on that wall. Let's right. see if I can. And you did. <laughs> and I think in the bigger picture, you know, what you're touching on and what I'm touching on, what I would describe it um, is, is maintenance of my identity. Right. And mm that idea has been something that I've been trying to apply to all the different aspects, the, object the objectives, projects, and priorities that I have in my life. I recognize that all of those things are important and that they do play a large role into shaping my identity. First and foremost, um, my main priority 
is to honor and serve God um, through my gifts and callings. Um, and so how do I maintain that identity, right? That's going to look different in different seasons, right? There's going to be seasons of fruit and there's going to be seasons of harvest when um, I'm going to have more time available, um, where I'm going to have more resources available, where I'm going to be able to contribute more to my local church. I'm going to be able to contribute more to my community. And I want to take the opportunity. I desire to take the opportunity uh, to feed into that because I know that only um, allows me to grow in my faith and to really solidify my identity in Christ. And the same thing goes for my body in that, you know, I'm trying, you know, kind of reframe, um, you know, my approach to um, how the, the future what the present and the future are going to manifest themselves and how am I going to support maintenance of my identity in what I'm doing if my actions aren't supporting my identity in health and wellness then I no longer maintain that role uh am, I, am able to effectively communicate that role to my clients I strongly uh, believe that our actions do shape our identity in a big way um, mm. and that is not to say either right that we have days where we go below our baseline where we are struggling with our worst ways in our life where we're not able to even do the bare minimum right where we're utterly defeated I guess my rebuttal to that right or my kind of call to action that is well, what could have we done so that even in those darkest moments, we can still have a game plan that will maintain my identity? And so that's something that I'm really uh, desiring to uh, lean forward into um, is, you know, a, a plan for fruitfulness and a plan when I ain't so fruitful. Um, and so, uh, like I said, you know, in this season of my life right now, um, I do have lots of opportunities to grow in many different areas, including physically. Um, and that's what I'm going to commit myself to. So powerful. I love that. To circle back to some points that, that you shared earlier, and I believe Cole even said the word disappointment and how we shift our perspective because disappointment, limitations, those will show up in our lives. It's inevitable. It, it is our identity. We see that our actions shape our identity and, and through our identity, we choose. It produces actions. It produces choices. I go back to what Cole said about pride and being able to, to listen and, and to know how to respond instead of, instead of reacting. Those places in your soul that you have faithfully tended to and how you have continuously renewed your mind. You know, God's scriptures, the, it says that when we renew our mind, our life transforms. I believe that day showed up to communicate to you as a human being, this is how you have tended to your soul. And this is the result of that. I have a dear friend that I've also interviewed for the podcast, Britt Albin. And we were just talking yesterday and she said the the progress is in the process. Throughout our journey, that looks different. It doesn't always look like physical activity. It can look like physically resting. No matter what we're physically doing, it's a condition of our soul. When our soul is settled, 
Cole said that the, the day being there with you, it was the, the, uh, the experience was peaceful. And we were talking earlier before we jumped into the, the dialogue today and that I believe that the atmosphere that was created that day and you guys being together came from a settled soul on the inside of you and on the inside of Cole. And that's just, that's beautiful. You, you know, <laughs> it's funny you say it like that. I, I find that really laughable because, you know, despite my best intentions and in how I was approaching that day, um, what you, Juliet, and what Cole, and what maybe people maybe have saw on the outside, maybe someone was, who was slow, um, who was being very, uh, was orienting himself in a very specific way and being mm. careful um, and calm. That definitely wasn't what I was experiencing in the inside. Um, mm-hmm. I was anxious. I was upset. I was angry. I was just kind of, honestly, I was ashamed. What I want to convey is that, and I actually was thinking about this earlier, is that pain almost always equals fear, right? Mm-hmm. And fear is an extremely strong emotion. Um, it can influence everything that we do, right? We're risk averse beings by nature. But something that I want to highlight in that moment from, I guess, myself is that even in that moment, in the strong emotions, when everything was telling me to pull back, I um, chose to manage my emotions. And that's something that I encourage all of my clients to do when they're in the gym is managing their emotions. Um, yeah. And we manage our emotions by acknowledging them, giving them away, right? For me, um, as a Christian, I give those directly to God, right? Um, and so now that pain and that experience can't shape how I move forward, right? Uh, now I get to decide, even though I'm um, in a space of turmoil, of anxiety, of kind of disarray, um, I get to choose to move with intention, even when I feel like it has no place and it has no fruitfulness, right? Yeah. And something I've been experiencing on my spiritual journey is this question of if I'm not, uh, you know, on fire and if I'm not passionate, if I'm not emotional for God, then why am I reading the Bible? Why am I praying? Why am I trying to communicate with him? What's the point? Well, the point is, is to stay diligent, disciplined. And in that diligent discipline, we develop desire. We develop love, right? Um, yeah. And in the same way, through diligence and discipline, we see the fruits of our labor when we're training, right? We develop desire and we develop love for feeling the mm-hmm. way that we do when we train, and love mm-hmm. when we feel and when we look, right? Um, yeah. And like you said, Julia, you, you said it beautifully. Is that that day for me really helped to solidify? Um, it helped me to like very viscerally experience those emotions and uh, what I could do, what the potential was for me to uh, navigate through those. Um, and so I'm very grateful for all that experience and the fact that you two were literally there. Well, we were grateful to be there and honored to be there. And I want to highlight a few things that you said. One of those is what we feel and our emotions to acknowledge that it's not about disassociating from how we feel and pretending that what we're, 
you know, pretending what we're feeling isn't happening. It's acknowledging it. It's also confronting that. And there are times where we confront those emotions. You said it, managing those emotions and being able to take that, say, I know that these emotions are telling me that there are limitations yet there is a process that you are working through, you know, just who knows how quickly you are processing in your, in your brain and everything that you were feeling, the fear, the anxiety, the shame, the frustration, the disappointment, we could go on feeling defeated. And I can only imagine as a human being from the chair to those blocks, what you were mentally going through, everything that you were going through the day before the day of, everything with your knee, looking at the wall, looking at your peers, should I go on? <laughs> There's so much. There's so much that, that we just think within, within seconds, yet you ended up on the wall and that you said, what was important to you? You know, it wasn't that I need to win this competition. You won the war on the inside that day. It's about winning the war within winning the war. When I say within, in your, in your mind, that's the most important war that we're called to is, is the war within. If it wasn't the most important war, God would not call us to renewing our minds every single day in order for our life to transform. And so everything that you did up to that point in your soul and your mental hygiene, and you said it intention, everything that you've done you were able to deny your instincts based on your feelings and your intention was able to override that. You still acknowledged it. I wrote an article, I don't know, a couple of years ago about managing our instincts. And it, it came through meeting a couple that had a, a service dog that they were training. And the couple was sharing with me how important it is to manage her instincts because instinctually she sees a squirrel, she wants to run. But if she has a owner who's a type one diabetic and she sees a squirrel, she's trained to ignore the squirrel so that she can support her human. And so that leads me to this. (laughs) Crazy, actually. (laughs) We have to, we have to teach and learn and build ourselves up and empower ourselves because the scripture says, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. God doesn't say he builds us up. He says, I've given you everything you need and I'm here to support you. So what I'm saying is we're going to ignore the squirrels. We have to train ourselves how to ignore the squirrels, (laughs) right? Pass them up. So that we can stay close to what feeds us life. And that's why you got on the wall, my friend. And that's why Cole observed peace that day, because no matter what was, he could, he could sense what was truly happening in the core of who you are. And that was peace. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh man. Ah, absolutely. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm really glad that I got to experience that. Wasn't the greatest day ever, not particularly, but the fact that I continued to move forward with the intention has stuck with me in a very meaningful way and has definitely shaped how um, I am pos- 
poising myself um, for the foreseeable year, really. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of share uh, these ideas um, with people myself and to kind of develop these under ideas um, into programs and services uh, that are going to be as effective as possible. Your clients are going to receive the best of the best. Ben, when I, I look at your life and observing you as a human being and as a man and as a friend, I see your intention carry through every aspect of your life. I encourage my own heart with this as I coach myself. And I say, Jules, always seek connection over perfection because the outcome of that is trust. And out of that, trust anything is love. else that and it teaches me like to continue to trust God, to trust we myself, close our time and out together. to love the trainer others. has something to say no, and, no, and look, trust others. And in Proverbs, you ain't getting after God it, you gotta get after to, it. And that's to guard our hearts, say. to safeguard um, our innermost being, those, those places in us. And it does point us always back to our I started off with a background in physical therapy, and I've really believe that that kind of fed into kind of my perfectionistic mindset of uh, ensuring that all my uh, ducks are in a row um, before, you know, we move forward, um, mm. before we try and really do, you know, the, the nitty gritty work um, and the hard things. Um, and kind of coming out of this experience recently, um, and uh, mentoring and uh, just development of my own kind of strategy for uh, being successful mm. at what I do for myself and other people. Yes, of course, we've got to uh, make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, that we're managing our stress, um, and that we're maintaining movement. If you do not know how to develop a training plan that is going to push yourself in a, a smart and strategic way, I highly encourage you to get a personal trainer. They're not just there to hold you accountable. They're not just there to tell you to, to get up and when to get down and when to grab your dumbbells. They're there to create a effective program that's going to help you to continue to progress. And I can almost guarantee you for someone even like myself who knows is very familiar with the uh, limitations of what I can do. Um, personal trainers get to be that outside perspective that sometimes we can't even see in a mirror. If you are not familiar with pushing yourself, um, I highly, highly encourage you to do so. Um, go for the X reps. If you know you got more, do more. If you know you can do more weight, do more weight. Those positions of pain, Create that emotion of what? Fear, anxiety, shame of failure. That failure is the exact thing that is required for us to continue to grow, okay? Mm -hmm. That pain that you're experiencing is literally what is incurring our DNA to rewrite itself in our cells so that it can develop into something that it's never seen and experienced before. So I encourage everyone out there who is... Uh, feeling uh, limited, who uh, wants to grow, it, lean in the pain, man. It sucks. I know it sucks. It makes me want to cry. It makes me want to scream. It wants me hit my, makes me want to hit my head on a wall. Um, but um, I can promise you that you will see results and you will find growth.
And if you experience pain um, in, an <laughs> in an unnatural um, or in a risky way, again, that's where trainers come in handy. They're able to point out those areas where you might be mismanaging um, a part of your body. Um, you might be mismanaging how you're progressively overloading in your training program. Speak to a professional. I it's love valuable. that. Yes. So good. Yeah. I will just say, speak to that for a second. And then Cole, you can dive in if you choose to. Uh, I met Ben at the gym. This was a few weeks ago and I was asking him how to uh, work this certain machine. And so uh, he kindly came over and <laughs> was like, oh no, pull it down. Oh, pull it down. Okay. We're going to do a little bit more weight. And I was like, Ben, I think I'm done. He was like, Nope, let's do it again. Okay. Do some more. <laughs> I was like, Ben, I think I'm done. He was like, and then I remember that you looked at me and one of my favorite things that I say to my coaching clients and to women at retreats, and that is breathe. And you looked at me and you said, take a few deep breaths. And then I watched you <laughs> take the pin out of the weights and you added like 20 more pounds. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's what my breath gets me. But I would say this, my perspective to frame this for my listeners. And that is a personal trainer gives you an invitation for you to tap into an unknown capacity and to be able to overcome what you have told yourself is a limitation is actually an opportunity to grow. And I support what you said, Ben, leaning into the pain. We didn't say push through the pain. We said, lean into the pain. And that can look like honoring your body in different ways and doing a different modality, a different technique, which we just heard from Ben that he walked us through his competition day and how he was able to overcome so that he could still get on the wall. And so Cole, you have anything to add before we check out today? I love both uh, the beast mode perspectives that because you both are such to me, high, high individuals when it comes to health and fitness, a lot of people can be intimidated by that. It's imitation in a good way because you, you guys are, you know, your knowledge and your mindsets are great. And I think through that, what a lot of people don't realize is that sometimes, you know, you're not always going to be at this kind of like level of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there, no matter what, it doesn't matter what athlete there is. It doesn't matter who you are. There's always going to be a day where you're going to be like, I don't feel like giving it my all today. I actually feel like I don't even want to be in the gym today. So Absolutely. I think it's a great reminder. Yeah. And I think it's a great reminder for everybody to know that go to the gym no matter what. And you know what, if you give the bare minimum of what you can give, then that's okay. Mm. If, you, if all you can do is the bare minimum, then the bare minimum of it is don't yep. think you can only do the bare minimum, but if all you can get emotionally, mentally, and maybe physically is the bare minimum. And you know, if it makes you feel like a loser, then or if you think it makes you feel like a loser, then just ignore that feeling because that's the last thing you are. No, you're you... not a loser, bro. No, you're no. not a loser. Oh. No. But see, Cole, exactly. I also think that's beast mode too, though. Like, yeah, exa when you, well, when exactly. You say yes. that, showing like th what you're saying is like 
very profound and powerful because showing up that is beast mode i mean yeah well because yeah because they're like athletes who get injured who who they're like people out there who are like swimmers like boxers or like people that are like that literally cannot like do like anything you know um and so they think that it's like like game over and it's like no you it's not over you may even have to like start from scratch if you need to but it's not over you just got to do the bare minimum to make it the next day you know and i think that's all that matters sometimes is that no matter you have to remember like because you could and i think that grounds back to like ben like it may seem like the bare minimum to him and it's like what you said Mm. it may seem like the bare minimum to some people but from the watchers from the people from other people's perspective it's the opposite of that it's giving it your all and like because people don't know what you're going through people don't know what you have people don't know yeah there's a lot of things that people don't know and so being able to show up there being able to lift your head up high and actually just going forward with what you want to do is pretty insane and I think a lot of people need to know that so man that's so good thank you so much showing up I mean that's what I hear you saying is yeah showing up keep showing up yeah if, if the exactly. only step you can see is the next one, take it. Exactly. Right? Little it's, by little equals a lot. Exactly. Exactly. You can't expect to build a better life for yourself if you don't move forward. Mm. You want to move forward and you want to be able to move mountains. But if you can't even walk through the valley, then there's no point in even doing it. Oh, Cole is, he's bringing it tonight, everybody. He's, I think he saved the best for last, Ben. Man, I just man, you show up. I do what up. I can, bro. I, I do what I can. I do what I can. I mean, this is from somebody who literally doesn't want to get out of the gym at all, who has had a horrible days, and <laughs> his mom has told him, "Mom, are we not allowed to say bad words on your podcast?" I'm gonna have to make it explicit. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say I this is from somebody out. who's <laughs> this is from somebody who's told your told their son get your ass out of the house and go <laughs> lift a dumbbell and i was like i don't want to and you said do it and i and then i came back and i was like you were right i needed to do that because i don't think that much yeah sometimes it's just not as effective i mean sometimes they just gotta grab the bull by the horns and be like you know i know that i i saw you at home and i knew who was waiting on you at the at the gym was your pal and your and your trainer Ben. So I'm like exactly. between home and the gym, we we have you covered. <laughs> exactly. And between that, I've had some yeah, bingo. I've had some like really good talks. Exactly. <laughs> I think yeah, I think that's I think that's the mental thing that we have to say of ourselves. Cause like you know, there's one day where I like you know I'm not gonna have you being able to tell me that. So there's one day I'm gonna be able. I, a person is gonna sit in bed, and they're gonna have a they're going to breathe heavier and they're just gonna be like, I don't know if I can do this today, but mentally they're going to be like, get your butt out of bed and you got to go. I, I got to show up, you know, Ben, you going to close us out. Are we good? No, that's all I got to say. I mean, I, I'm so happy that I'm, you know, not experiencing knee injury. I am pushing myself harder than ever before. Just I'm down to create as much strength as possible, as much resilience as possible, doing whatever it takes. Um, so I encourage everyone to do the same. 
Thank you both so much. Ben, tell us where we can find you on Instagram, TikTok. How can our listeners connect with you as a trainer? They have questions and see your content. Yeah. Um, if you look up on pretty much all social media platforms, uh, we're trying to get YouTube set up, uh, Instagram and TikTok. And if you are interested, Facebook, you can look up Ben Valdez Fitness and that's where you'll find me. Uh, pretty much just posting content there now, but pretty soon I'm going to be putting out a lot more informational stuff. Um, I'm really excited to use that platform to just kind of really spread my voice and, you know, advocate going beyond your limitations and how to do that strategically, um, how to do that informed. So, yeah. All right. And, yeah. And any, uh, any questions about any fitness tips, any like guidance with any stuff, feel free yeah, to message. Feel free. Yeah. Feel free to Shoot a quick message over to this guy. Really. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll hit you back. Well, thank you both again. It's an honor to have you and hear your perspective and to dialogue both of you today. I'm so grateful. And thank you to our listeners. We will put information for Ben Valdez Fitness in the show notes of the podcast. And we hope that you found some hope and peace and joy and clarity along the way. Thank you for listening. Until next time, friends. Cheers. Cheers.